the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Thursday, January the 6th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1838, Samuel Morris and Alfred Vail, they gave the first successful public demonstration of their telegraph in Morristown, New Jersey. Morris Code. Today in 1912, New Mexico became the 47th state. Today, in 1941, President Franklin D. Roosevelt, in his State of the Union address, he outlined his goal. He called it his goal for four freedoms. Freedom of speech and expression, freedom of people to worship God in their own way, freedom from want, freedom from fear. Interesting mix of those four things. I certainly agree that we should have freedom of speech and expression. That's under attack, of course. I agree that people should have freedom to worship God in their own way, but it's his party, political party, that is doing everything they can to revise and redirect that freedom. Interestingly enough, he included freedom from want. I suspect that would be that the government would supply all of our needs. And freedom from fear. Again, we would find safety and security in the government. I suspect that's what he was getting at back in the day. Five years ago today, Congress certified Donald Trump's presidential victory over the objections, Associated Press says, over the objections of a handful, that's a quote, of House Democrats with Vice President Joe Biden pronouncing, it is over. Well, it was more than, a, more than a handful. Cities around the country were in riot mode. They were burning and looting and breaking other people's property, stealing other people's goods. And there were many voices in Congress, Democrat voices that were saying, They could not, they would not, accept him. Hillary Clinton was so taken by the election that she couldn't even come out and address her own followers, her own supporters, who had stayed up into the wee hours of the morning waiting for their hero to come out and say something. She sent someone else out. But Associated Press this morning ran this, and they sent it out to all of the TV stations around the country, all of the radio stations around the country, or at least most of the radio stations, and they sent it out, of course, to the newspapers. Here's what they said. This is a news feed. You will hear this or some version of this today around the, um, around the country. Associated Press defining... Today, January 6, 2022, 
They said on January 6, 2021, supporters of President Donald Trump, fueled by his false claims of a stolen election, assaulted police and smashed their way into the Capitol to interrupt the certification of Democrat Joe Biden's victory. Forcing lawmakers into hiding, most of the rioters had come from a nearby rally where Trump urged them to fight like hell. A Trump supporter, Ashley Babbitt, I think, I believe, if I recall, she was actually from the Northwest here. She might have been a police officer herself. I'm not sure, but she was part of the group. A, a Trump supporter, Ashley Babbitt, was shot and killed by a police officer as she tried to breach a barricaded doorway inside the Capitol. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, injured while confronting the riots, the rioters, suffered a stroke the next day and died from natural causes, the Washington, D.C. Medical Examiner's Office uh, confirmed. In the weeks that followed, four of the officers who responded to the riot took their own lives. Congress reconvened hours later to finish certifying the election result. That will be a part of your news today. If you turn on a television set or a radio station other than the one you're listening to right now, or if you pick up a newspaper, and yes, some of the people are still printing them, you'll find that narrative either revised or just verbatim in the news today. That's how it works, unfortunately. But it's not only the Associated Press. It is a number of other voices. Apple News, which is on most iPhones today, they say they're calling this the day that shook America. It's been over a year, their news feed says, since a violent mob stormed Congress in an attempt to overturn the 2020 election results. Here's a blow-by-blow account of what happened that day and the questions that still remain. And then they go into all of that, of course. Biden stood before the world and the country this morning, just a little while ago, and he told the world and he told our country, he blasted former President Donald Trump. He said he's spreading a, a web of lies and sitting idly by he was as his supporters attacked the Capitol on January 6th. This morning, President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, and I'll come back to her in a moment, she was standing by his side, slightly behind him, as she always does waiting for her turn to become president. They addressed the Capitol attack. They stood in Statuary Hall in the U.S. Capitol. Biden went after the Make America Great mob, as he called us. This wasn't a group of tourists, he said. This was an armed insurrection. And Biden said, and I'll come back to this a little bit more of what he said. Biden said, here is the truth. His words. He said the former president of the United States of America created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election. He said the former president had spread a web of lies because he had a bruised ego that wouldn't allow him to admit that he lost an election. Vice President Kamala Harris her turn at the microphone, she compared January 6 to Pearl Harbor and September 11, 9-11. They offered peace, though, to the country because our country now, they say, is in good hands. 
and they're going to lead us through this horrible time, this horrible experience that's much like Pearl Harbor and 9-11. Pearl Harbor, when the Japanese attacked us. 9-11, when the Middle Easterners attacked us, Muslims. They're going to lead us out of this horrible, horrible time in America, in our history, and lead us on to victory and democracy, as they like to call it. There is no peace politically. There is no peace personally outside of the peace that we find in Almighty God. Psalm 91, many of you have committed it to memory, I'm sure. It begins, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. And God Himself, in the flesh, came to save us all. And that is where we find peace. He said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Fear, fear is rampant in America today. People are afraid on many fronts, for many reasons. But for the most part, it comes down to the leadership in America, on the part of most people, and what they're doing to America today. And now today they have seized this moment, this one-year anniversary, to elevate what happened. And I'm not saying it didn't happen, but to elevate what happened a year ago at the Capitol. It shouldn't have happened in the way that it did, but it did happen. And they have chosen to elevate that for political gain and to put it on a level with Japan attacking America in Pearl Harbor and with the Middle East attacking America on 9-11, Osama bin Laden and his troops. They have chosen to make this that, except the attackers in their mind and in their narrative, and this will bleed out into the news today, The attackers are us. It's our fellow Americans. And they do this, Biden and Harris are doing this in the two most powerful offices in America and in the world, actually. They are doing this under the banner of bringing us together as a nation. It's pathetic. And it can be very fearful. But we do not hide ourselves or dwell in the secret place of government. Our place of peace is in the Lord. Don't forget that. We're going to talk about some tough things today, but keep that in mind. We need to know what's going on. We must be informed. The New York Times we, we will be baptized in how horrible everybody and everything is that does not align with the Democrat narrative today. The New York Times featured article today says Liz Cheney opposes most abortions, most gun control. She favors tax cuts for the wealthy and expanded drilling for oil. The right-wing Family Research Council has given her voting record a perfect score. 
Her political hero is her hawkish father, Dick Cheney, who was vice president with Bush, who was the architect of the Second Iraq War. This description may remind you of why you loathe Cheney or have long admired her. Either way, it helps explain why she has become such an important figure for the future of American democracy. Today is the first anniversary of the violent attack on the Capitol by the mob of Donald Trump's supporters who were trying to prevent Congress from certifying Joe Biden's election. The mob smashed windows, threatened the vice president and members of Congress. Seven people died as a result of the attack, the New York Times says, including three police officers. The January 6th attack was part of a larger anti-democracy movement that would be everyone who does not believe and endorse the progressive uh, agenda. The January 6th attack was part of a larger anti-democracy movement in the U.S. In the year since, the movement, which is closely aligned with the Republican Party, has changed some laws and ousted election officials with the aim of overturning future results. The movement supporters justify these actions with lies about voter fraud. This is probably the most prominent newspaper in the world. In the world. I've traveled the world. I've seen the New York Times laying on a on a little crate in a the darkest corner of the earth. They're all over the place. Enraged by Trump, their feature article continues today. Enraged by Trump, other Republican politicians and conservative media stars, the anti-democratic movement is following a playbook used by authoritarians in other countries, both recently and historically. The movement is trying to use existing democratic laws on vote counting and election certification, for example, to unravel democracy. The New York Times says we are in a terrible situation in which one of two major political parties is no longer committed to playing by democratic rules. No Western, they conclude with this, no West, no other established Western democracy faces such a threat today. Not this acutely, anyway. Most of that is a lie. It's a distortion of what happened, and there is some threads of truth woven into it to make it appear to be truthful. President Biden tore into Donald Trump this morning. He didn't mention his name, but he referred to him as the former president 16 times in his speech. He said he was watching TV, setting watching TV, while a mob, his mob, stormed the Capitol on January 6th. He mocked his bruised ego. He accused him and his supporters. That would be everyone who voted for him, of course or wish they would have, of holding a dagger to the throat of democracy. This is the President of the United States talking about his predecessor to the world. It is most searing attack on his predecessor. He called President Trump a defeated former president, criticized him for refusing to accept the loss. His remarks came with Kamala Harris standing, as I said, one step behind him. We saw with our own eyes rioters menace these halls, threatening the life of the Speaker of the House, literally erecting gallows to hang the Vice President of the United States of America. Biden said, what did what did we not see? 
We didn't see a former president who just rallied the mob to attack sitting in a private dining room off the Oval Office to the White House watching it all on television and doing nothing for hours. He went on talking about the Make America Great mob, saying this wasn't a group of tourists. This was an armed insurrection. He did not mention his predecessor by name, as I said, but he mentioned him 16 times. He talked about him spreading a web of lies about the 2020 election. He used a lot of descriptive phrases in his speech. I read the text of it. I didn't watch it, but I read the text a few moments ago. He said Trump's bruised ego and web of lies is part of the problem. He talked about the rioters, the people in that uh, event that happened there, as ransacking the Capitol, destroying property, literally defecating in the hallways. After his remarks, one of the reporters asked him, "Just this has just happened a little while ago. One of the reporters asked him, why he didn't mention President Trump by name. And he said, well, he said, he said, I just didn't want to do that because he said, I want to create a new attitude about politics. But he said, politics now is all about me. Directing that, of course, toward Donald Trump. He said, that's the thing that bothers me most about the sort of attitude it seems to me be emerging to some degree in American politics. It's all about you. It's all about me. He said, that's how it's viewed. But it's not all about me. I have never seen anyone in politics that is more self-absorbed than Joe Biden, unless it would be Kamala Harris. They even make Hillary look humble. He told the press he didn't mention Trump by name because he didn't want to start a contemporary political battle. I did not want to turn it into a contemporary political battle between me and the president. It's way beyond that. It's way beyond that, he said. He actually said that three times, but you get the point. He made his remarks at the start of this new year the year of a midterm election where Republicans will probably retake control of Congress. And Trump is at least playing a kingmaker role in the party. I understand why these people are scared. They have done nothing for the last two years except unravel the very foundations of this nation. They have done nothing but sit and watch millions of people come illegally into our country and do nothing about it. In fact, if anything, sort of applaud and celebrate and hand them a voter's guide or a voter's uh, registration form. In his remarks, Biden essentially called the former president a loser. Trump is not going to respond to this well, I can tell you. I mean, I, I haven't talked to Trump. I've never talked to Trump, but I've observed him as you have. Trump is not going to take that lightly. There will be some response. You can bet on it. Maybe as we speak, I'm live at 9 a.m. this morning at 9.19 at the moment. Some of you will hear this program a little bit later today. And by the time you hear this, uh, a few hours from now where I'm live, Trump may have already said his piece. I'm sure he will. Biden said because his bruised ego matters more to him than our democracy or his constitution, he can't accept his loss. 
I've never seen one president attack another, a former president, in that way, ever. He also charged that Trump continues the lie that he won the election because he values power over principle. Because he sees his own interest as more important than his country's interest, than America's interest. I'm quoting the President of the United States talking about the former president. I'll tell you, uh, as I said, these are difficult times. Vice President Kamala Harris, I won't spend as many minutes on her, but she, of course, strode to the microphone. It was a rare moment that she wasn't cackling with that laugh. I'm sure she did after she got off stage because that's what she does. But she stated that the date will live on in the country's memory, likening it to the dates of Pearl Harbor attack and 9-11 terror attacks. She said this commemoration of the anniversary of the protest in which demonstrators entered the Capitol building, interrupting the counting of electoral votes. She said it will live on as one of the three dark days in American history. Certain dates, she said, I'm quoting her, certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendar, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. That's a kind of a bit of a summation of what is going on out there today in our nation. There's a lot of reason for us as Americans and as just ordinary people in this country to be concerned. They are taking a full-faced attack on not just Donald Trump, certainly Donald Trump, but on every single American who had any thought that the election was had some irregularities, as we say. I certainly believe that. And it's not because... Trump didn't win, it's because that is the bedrock, politically speaking, the bedrock of a free nation. Our founders were so, I mean, they were so clear on this. They spoke about it again and again and again. I've studied history extensively. I don't claim to be an expert, but I I have a great interest in it. And I've studied history just for years, since I was young, just two or three years ago. Um, I've studied history, and I I have a real interest in it, particularly U.S. history, uh, biblical history. But I've I've never seen it like this in America. I've seen it in other countries. I've seen it firsthand. I mean, eyewitness. But I never thought I would see this kind of maneuvering and chicanery in America. And it's not just political opposition. It isn't even like in the old days when they would go out and have a duel and somebody would get shot. I mean, this is, is engulfing the entire culture of our country. And they are willing to take it down because they hate Trump. And I might add that Lynn Cheney is so bitter, she's joined the other side to get rid of Trump because probably her dad and certainly George W. Bush, whom I voted for, with some reservation now. But they probably don't like Trump, and there's been a lot of conversation, especially in the Bush family, 
And so she's responding to that. She's responding now that she was taken, her her chairmanship was taken from a committee or two that she was on as a Republican. And so she has become their hero. The New York Times is making that clear today, and I didn't read all of their article, but I, I read a part of it a few moments ago. There is nothing they won't do. There is no restraint. There was not a word from these people when Antifa and Black Lives Matter, whom they worship at the feet of, were running through our cities, and they will again as soon as the rain and the snow gets over. They'll be in back in the cities. They'll be doing the same thing again because that's what they do. But when they were rioting, even on the day that President Trump was inaugurated, on that very day, as I mentioned yesterday, I read the names of the cities that included, there were a number of cities that had all-out riots. Not a word. Not, not even any concern. That's how duplicitous and how phony and fake this all is. They're not outraged. They are acting on behalf of the teaching of Saul Alinsky, who was the original community organizer. Barack Obama taught his principles in a class at Harvard. Hillary Clinton almost went to work for him. She eventually declined his offer to work in his office because she was going to run for political office and she and Bill Clinton and so on. But I, this, this is a visual of what Saul Alinsky taught, which was deeply rooted in Marxism, now cultural Marxism, that's what we're seeing here today. The things that the conservative movement, and again, this is not in defense of Trump, it's in defense of truth. Yes, I voted for Donald Trump. I don't know if he should even run this next time or not. Maybe he should get behind somebody else. I don't know. But I know one thing. There is no restraint on the people that oppose him, and they have seized this because they have done nothing while they were in office. They've done nothing. Our borders don't exist on the southern part of the United States. The economy is is ready. Uh, I mean, it's coming. People are saying, you know, inflation and all this kind of thing. It's there. We're on the cusp of not very good times. They have done nothing in this year except destructive kinds of things. Even when they speak. They create fear and uncertainty in the nation. There is no voice. There is no calm voice of leadership in our country today. We have a president that can't even hardly communicate. And when when somebody from the press tries to ask him a question, he said, well, they told me not to take any questions today. Who's pulling his strings? We don't know. That's what uncertainty looks like. But I will tell you, and we'll keep you posted as we move forward on this. I wrote an article today on a separate uh, subject, but I want to just alert you to it. It's on our website, faithandfreedom.us. It's an article about the fact that the Supreme Court of the United States tomorrow is going to consider whether or not the president, Joe Biden, has the authority to force you to get a COVID shot. That's going to be an interesting, interesting uh, discussion that they have tomorrow, and we'll see what happens on that. But I wrote an article on it. You should check it out, faithandfreedom.us. And I also want to thank you for your support. We, Man, we need it. 
uh, not everybody agrees with what we're doing here, but many of you do, and I thank you. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Uh, without your support, uh, we would not be here. We would not, not be doing what we're doing. So thank you so much. We'll continue this conversation right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.